This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. Hello, and welcome to Kavnis HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kavnis. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Kevin Sitsar. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Our guest today is John B. John, are you ready to be great today? I'm ready. Are you? Yes, definitely. <laughs> John is a husband, father, entrepreneur, and Cleveland sports fan. In 2010, John started Willery, an award-winning organization focused solely on staffing and consulting for HR and payroll. His 22-year career has been focused on paying particular attention to understanding the needs of his clients, candidates, and partners. The really routine helps clients transform their people, process, and technology by ensuring they have the best people in the HR and payroll departments. Employee lifecycle processes are efficient and compliant, and the HCM tech is optimized. John has made a name for himself through his board involvement the Cleveland chapters of SHRM, APA, and IHRIM. He has presented both Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. Married since 1997, John is a lifelong Northeast Ohio resident. He spends time playing golf and with his kids, coaching the sports teams and encouraging their creative endeavors. John, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. So, John, what's your, what are you focused on right now? What's keeping you busy? Well, I'll say the uh, the primary driver for me nowadays is the growth of my firm, Willery, as well as my kids. And I think distinction or one of the things I wanted to kick off the conversation about was to give some love out to my, my family, my wife, Emily, who allows me to uh, to do what I do by being an amazing wife and an awesome mother to my two kids, Will and Mallory, which is the uh, genesis or the, the how, how the firm was named, Will is a 10-year-old, my 10-year-old son, way into soccer and all kinds of cool stuff. And my daughter, Mallory, who's eight, starting ice skating lessons in the middle of the summer in Northeast Ohio. So she instead of going to the pool, we're going to spend our time at the ice skating rink. But uh, Will and Mallory were the reason why I started Willery. So I merged their two names together, and they really are my purpose. And one of the things I encourage my clients and team members to make sure you know what your purpose is. So when you go to work every day, you understand why you're working so hard and why you're giving so much dedication and time to uh, the, the career that you're chasing. So that's what I really want to start off. Just love to my kids and my wife for giving me the forum and ability and support to be able to do what I do. That's great, John. Thank you. John, you know, it's graduation season coming up. I want to ask you your advice for a new college graduate who wants to break into the HR profession. Yeah, so I've actually talked to quite a few of those candidates recently, and it's intimidating. Number one, I think the, the job market is unique. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, uh, organizations expect immediate results from their employees right off the jump. So you have to, as a recent college grad, hopefully be able to leverage some internship experience that you've had or even be able to gleam off of other things that you've done, whether volunteering or working a retail job or at the local ice cream shop, that you can correlate that to an HR career and how that ability for you to work together in a team, for you to have a high degree of emotional intelligence, for you to be able to connect dots between what the company was trying to do and what the people needed to get accomplished. 
you need to find a way to be able to tell that story most effectively. And I think to me, as a recent college grad, it can be intimidating because you're stepping into the workforce where everybody has tons of experience. But I think there's there's amazing things that the the youth of our country can bring to the fold. And I think individuals have to play that up and share they have new ideas and aren't afraid to share them. And at the same time, be able to leverage where they think their prior experiences will help them be successful in their in their work career as they as they start off a new job. So I would encourage them to to make that clear to an interviewer as well as to themselves what value they're going to bring and how that experience they've had in the past uh, could help them in that entry-level HR position. Thank you, John. John, for your company, is there a certain size company or location that, you're, that you focus on? Yeah, so our target market is 50 employees to 5,000. So we basically serve the mid-market. That's the size of market. We're based in Northeast Ohio. Actually, Bath, Ohio is our headquarters, the home of LeBron James. So for all my Cavs fans out there, I have to give a shout-out to Fleek and pull it off. Uh, tomorrow and on Sunday for us to get to the NBA finals again. But we actually serve the 50 to 5,000 employee mid-market space. And from a geographic perspective, our staffing business, which we provide solely focused in HR and payroll, really serves the Ohio and Western PA market. And our consulting practice really focuses on employee life cycle and HR technology can travel not only the country, but uh, beyond the United States. So Hopefully that answers your question, Jason. Yes, it does. John, from your point of view, working with all these business owners, what do they consistently get wrong about HR or what do they not, or do they not understand by HR? Sure. I think all too often they diminish the role of HR. And a lot of times in business owners will look at it as party planners or people that make sure that when you need to fire somebody, they're there to help you out. I, I think they, they totally missed the mark on uh, having great assets with employees. I know that commonality that you hear in, in the marketplace, they find great people and it's really difficult to do that. So I find companies that are not successful or are struggling from a leadership perspective, they're not putting the appropriate amount of value and attention on their human capital, on their people. And then I think in addition to that, they don't have a, a high enough degree of clarity around what it is the organization does, what their mission is, and the purpose within the community so that that can then resonate with the rest of their employee population. So I think they missed the mark on taking advantage of the assets that they have with their people and finding great ones and developing them and then creating clarity. John Nix, can you talk a little about how expensive HR really is? Because some people, I think they, oh, HR is recruiting or it's only pay or only benefits. Can you talk about some, like, what HR really is, what it involves? Sure. Yeah, no problem. So HR is, is all encompassing. So for those of you that uh, maybe don't understand the touch of HR, you're, when, when you apply to a job, that actually starts your process in working with an HR organization at a company. And then once you go on an interview, the, that interview is with typically a recruiter. And then that recruiter coordinates that with a hiring manager who usually is in whatever area of business that you're focused on, whether it's IT or engineering or sales. And then once you're actually hired, then you're onboarded, which is a bunch of paperwork and information that the employer needs to make sure that they properly vet you out and that uh, they can pay you and make sure that all that's set up from a a payroll perspective. And they'll offer you benefits, which again, touches HR and, and how they administer those benefits, how they select them, how they make sure they fit within your family environment. And then throughout your career, how your manager works with you should be tied together with human resources. So 
your ability to, to do effective performance evaluations and reviews is part of HR. And your ability to potentially become a leader within the company and how they advance and create succession planning around uh, you as an employee. And then when the time comes that you've made your millions and you want to retire, then HR will help get you uh, successfully into your new venture in your life and work through retirement. And I think the scope of HR is significant. The best practice tells about one out of every 100 employees should be an HR professional. So that, that's a fairly significant number, in my opinion, because the, the higher degree of service that a company wants to give, the more HR touch points they'll have, whether that be through people or improved processes or different HR technology. John, from your point of view, what was your vision for the future of HR? Where are we headed to in the field of HR? So I know there's a lot of talk out in the market right now about this whole AI, artificial intelligence, Jason, that I think is getting a lot of people's attention because you saw some of those futuristic movies 20, 30, 40 years ago, and now are we all going to be taking over by aliens and the robots that uh, we're developing? I think, I think that fictitious scare is potentially becoming a reality in people's minds. I actually go the opposite way, which, which I know the technology and AI are going to be a part of what we do. But in the field of human resources, in the field of serving employees, it is a scenario in which people need to be involved in that. And they need to leverage technology and leverage intelligence to be able to make more informed decisions, Jason. And I think that uh, we get far too away from assuming that technology is going to be able to do everything that we want it to, that we can eliminate the need of people. And I, I just, I don't see it happening successfully. I think what people's jobs are going to be different. Obviously, that, that has morphed throughout the, the history of industry and business. But I, I think HR's, uh, what they're going to be focused on is going to be different. I think it's really around, again, creating clarity for an organization, developing their talented people that they have, doing it in a way like coaching, as an example. Coaching is a huge part of HR. I don't see, you know, I see NBA coaches like the Cavs using artificial intelligence, but there's not a robot going into the game and there's not a robot coaching the game. They're just using those tools in a way to make more informed decisions. And I think as a result, there'll be more business that is done, which means you're going to have potentially more people and the need to better understand how to best utilize those folks. So uh, I, I really see it as the reverse of more, more technology, more AI. Uh, will mean that the job is just different for the human resource professional. John, yes, I definitely agree with your assessment. I think that is a future. Next, can you talk about time of success in the past, what you learned from the success, and what our listeners can learn from this? Yeah, so I would say my, my passion for sports started with my, my dad and my brothers, and I actually, uh, something that some that know me well uh, realized, I, I have a passion for golf. I played golf since I was seven years old played to the junior golf ranks, and I then went to high school, was an all-state golfer, and then I got a scholarship to play golf at Kent State, go Flashes, who were in the uh, NCAA golf tournament in the coming week. So that's pretty cool. I had a great career doing that, and uh, I, I, I actually learned so many things out of those experiences, and it taught me how to interact with people. It taught me how to work in a team, even though I was in an individual sport. Uh, because it was important for not only I to do well, but the team to do well. It also taught me some just basic fundamentals in, in life, right? Around your ability to control your emotions, your ability to not get too high when things go well, 
and not get too low when things don't, do not go well. Because if, if you n ever watch PGA golf, rarely do you see a golfer throwing his golf club when he hits a bad shot because he knows he's got to go and pick himself up or herself up and go get that shot back on the green and hopefully not make anything worse of a score than, than they hope to. So I, I think golf taught the ability to manage my emotions and control them because in the course of life and business and being a parent, there are highs and lows. And I think as an effective leader, uh, which as the CEO or president of Willery, uh, I, I need to be able to con control my emotions and, and keep, keep my thoughts clear so that I can, you know, make sure we have a clear path forward for my team. So I'd say golf is a huge part of my success in my career. And I still do it to this day, just not as often as I would like. John, next, talk about a time you failed, what you learned from this and what our listeners can learn from this. Yeah, so I thought about this question. 20, 2016 was a, was a unique year for our firm. So we started in 2010, Jason, and we had exponential growth. We're recognized for fastest growing companies in Northeast Ohio. We're on the Inc. 5000, and we had great success in our first six-ish years of business. In 2016, uh, we made a lot of internal changes, technology changes, made some process changes internally. We worked to get more efficient within our company. And as a, as a byproduct of that, we actually weren't as successful in growing our top line revenue or what we use in our business's gross margin to, to track our success. And it, it was a unique year. I think what, what I primarily learned from that is I as an owner, I as the leader did not do a good enough job of creating that level of clarity that my team needed. We took on more, we as a firm and I myself took on more than I could handle. And as a result, our productivity impacted, was impacted by that. So that was, you know, I, we had a lot of good things that happened in 2016, but from a comparison of years before and years after, uh, I think you could designate that as a, a step back. Uh, but I, I do not regret it for a second. I, I became a better owner uh, of this firm and have been able to uh, be more effective in my job because of it. Yes. And I'm sure you learned a lot of great lessons during that time period too, that you're probably using even today. Yeah, no doubt. They're the, prime thing that we did that was pretty unique in 2016 is we did something called an efficiency project. So we looked at everything in our business that we thought was not efficient. And the reason why we did that is I wanted to grow the firm geographically, which we're in the midst of launching into Columbus and we'll go into other parts of our region to take this little company on the road, as I call it. And in that efficiency project, we had 65, 70 things that we looked at that we could do better, more efficiently. And we one at a time just kind of picked them off. And some were small. They really didn't have a huge impact. Some were significant, new systems, new onboarding process, a, a whole slew of other things that took us time to adjust to the change. And we had to take a couple steps back before we took a bunch forward. So, John, tell us about someone who's helped you in the past and how they helped you. Yeah, so I would say Kevin Hudson is the first name that comes to mind. I know I gave praise to my wife. She, she's a huge part of my success and my kids. But Kevin Hudson was my first boss out of college. Turns out to be the uh, godfather of my son, Will. In September, I helped him start a company. He's doing fractional sales management. But Kevin has taught me so many things about how to be a better man, how to be a son of the man above. And he, he also has given me so many wise nuggets throughout the course of my career. And in turn, I've been able to, to give him some advice and counsel. He's always aspired to own his own company. And uh, we, we set a course about a year ago to help him start that. And I was just with him today for lunch. And he's doing famously well. So we, we've been able to 
as we describe it, make appropriate amounts of deposits and withdrawals within our relationship so that uh, there's a, a, what is a uncounted equity. We don't keep score of that, but it just is, you know, in our head that we're doing right by each other all the time. And when we need something from him uh, or he needs something from me, we know there's no hesitation to ask. Yes, that, that withdrawal deposit is a good advice. I try to follow that myself. John, I understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners. Yeah, I'm currently reading Get Things Done and by David Allen. It's a productivity book, stress-free productivity. So I was searching on Amazon and I've had you know some of my team share with me that they have a lot going on and maybe the stress level is high. And I think that's pretty common in corporate America these days, Jason. So from my perspective, I was just checking out how could I learn to do that more effectively. So stress-free productivity sounded great. And David did a, a great job many years ago writing a book. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about a third of the way through that book. And I'd recommend it. It's got me a hook. I'm not a huge book reader, to be honest with your, with your fans and, and followers. But uh, that one certainly has my attention because I think it, it can help me out in what I do every day and hopefully help others. So, John, I also understand you have something for our listeners. Yeah, so we have a link out on our website. So the website is willery.com. So W-I-L-L-O-R-Y.com. And if you go to forward slash cabness, C-A-V-N-E-S-S. So again, willery, W-I-L-L-O-R-Y.com forward slash cabness, C-A-V-N-E-S-S. If you fill out the form on there, we're going to send you a Willery Pilsner mug, a nice cold beer or a iced tea. Tastes really good out of it, I've been told. And then of all those that register for the uh, free Pilsner, we're going to give away a huge discount on an HR audit. So part of the services that we offer in our employee lifecycle practice is HR audit. So if you want to have an examination of your HR function from application to retirement and get some sound counsel from some SHRM certified HR professionals that know their stuff and human resources, We're going to give a 75% discount uh, to one lucky uh, listener today that uh, registers for the Pilsner and is interested in the HR audit. Thank you, John. That is very valuable for everyone is that. John, can you provide us your social media links for both yourself and your company for people who can reach out to you? Yeah, sure can. So you can always email me, john, J-O-H-N, at willery.com, W-I-L-L-O-R-Y. My Twitter handle is at john, J-O-H-N. My last name, Bernadovich, or to Jason B. So, John J O H N Bernadovich, B E R N A T O V I C Z. And you can follow us, uh, Willery, on Twitter at Willery1, W I L L O R Y, the number one. And for a listen, we have the links to all the social media links and platforms in the show notes. John, we're coming to the end of our talk. Can you provide our listeners any last minute advice or wisdom on any subjects you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so one of the things I heard recently, again, sorry for the continuation on the sports plug, but Joe Thomas is a re- now retired Cleveland Brown, the best Brown that we've had in the last 20 years, which unfortunately for our team not being, being very good, uh, maybe that was easy for Joe. But in his retirement speech, He said he did three things that made him a Hall of Famer that he thought could help anyone have a Hall of Fame career. It was show up on time, it was pay attention, and it was to work hard. So I'd encourage your listeners to do that. And it is actually, it is that simple to be successful, from my point of view anyway, those three simple things. Yeah. How can can it not be, right? Get there on time, pay attention when you're there, and, and work hard while you're doing it. Yes. 
John, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy person when you're coming, doing great things for the HR community. So thank you one more time. You got it. Thank you. So listeners, thank you for your time as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.